Hello and welcome to another episode, a special episode of the 10th and L podcast with True North Church. My name is Ian Johannes. And I am Mike Ottenweller, joining Ian here in our studio. And we are excited to talk to you with a special episode. And today we are going to be talking about the possible merger with Muldoon Road Baptist Church and what that means for us. And really, I know a lot of our members have gotten some information about the merger, but really what we're going to be talking more about is what we think people should be thinking about, praying about, what should your mindset be going into this merger. So today is about a week before our members meeting where we will go ahead and vote on the merger. However, um, you may be listening to this after the merger. So the things we're going to be talking about hopefully will be broadly applicable to you whenever you're listening to this podcast. I wanted to start uh, by giving us just a brief summary of where we're at with Muldoon Road, and then um, hopefully you've heard some of this before, but just to catch you up, and then we can talk about uh, some things we think our members should be thinking about. So we we started by being approached by Muldoon Road, gosh, close to six months ago, mm-hmm. and Muldoon Road, uh, they found out that their pastor was going to be moving on, and so they reached out to the state Baptist Convention, the Alaska Baptist Resource Network, and the network approached us because they were in need of a build, of a pastor, and we were in need of a building, and they were looking at their options, and one of the options that came across their table was a merger with another church. And so currently, Muldoon Road Baptist Church has about 25 members. They don't have a lead pastor. They've got a few deacons. The couple of staff that they have are a building manager and janitorial staff. And they voted to merge with True North Church on November the 7th. And so they voted to offer that to True North, and it is our job to respond to that offer. Mm -hmm. And so that is what we are going to be discussing today. It's also what we are planning on voting at our members' meeting next week. We're going to have a discussion, and if appropriate, we're going to vote either to merge or not to merge. And so uh, what is coming from the True North side is really... Most of the structure, the membership, the elders, the constitution and bylaws, the statement of belief, uh, what's coming from the Muldoon Road side is they have a very big building that's been there for quite some time, and they've got some legacy in East Anchorage and some faithful members who've been there for quite a long time and who've been serving the church really well as well. And so we are looking forward to that meeting. Uh, And I thought it would be really great for us to just talk about it today and what we're looking forward to, how we're praying and thinking about this meeting, and what we think our members should be doing as well. So, Mike, as you've been praying about this decision, um, explain the types of things you've been praying about going into the vote this week. Uh, What do you think our members should be praying about, and um, how do you think that we should be looking in our prayer life forward to this transition? Yeah, no, I, uh, I've i been spending a ton of time in prayer over this topic, and I'm excited to to get to discuss this with you, Ian, and hopefully we can, um, you know, maybe anticipate some of our members' questions. I think that's one of our objectives today is to try to try to think ahead a little bit to our meeting and, uh, you know, get out in front of any questions or concerns that you might have um, as a True North member and, um, you know, to facilitate uh, a deeper discussion um, so that ultimately we land with a really informed congregation and a really informed uh, vote. So, um I think one of the first things that comes to mind that I've been praying about is that this is really an answer to prayer. 
So for, for the members of True North who have been around a while and for those that are new, um, you know, our history has bounced around all over Anchorage um, from inception uh, back in the library in 2013. Um, and I know, Ian, you and your family have been around since then. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we started out there in Clark, uh, sorry, in the library at Lusack Library. Uh, and then we moved over to Clark Middle School. What year was that? 2015. Yeah, that sounds right. So then over to Clark Middle School, where we would set up and tear down every Sunday morning um, for service and any, you know, any additional things that we were trying to do um, at the middle school. And then over to First Baptist Church, where we are currently calling home um, in 2019? 2020. 2020. The pandemic. That's right. So we moved over here in 2020. That's right. So navigating that and obviously doing it, like you said, in the middle of a pandemic. But I think... Um, I think that's one one of the biggest things I've heard from other members and discussed in my family is just that this has been something that a lot of us have been praying about since 2013, since inception, that we would have a place that we could call home, that we would not only have a physical building that would be our own, but that we would also have um, a neighborhood and a community that we could pour into, that we would recognize faces, that we would be familiar with street names, that we would be able to, you know, to kind of reach out and expand out into a community. And that's been that's been a struggle um, when we've been bouncing around. So this will be an opportunity um, to, you know, potentially have a place to call home and, you know, explore what the that, what that word means. Um, obviously, having a permanent building would be a huge, uh, a huge step for us. Um, we've spent so much time doing setup, teardown at Clark Middle School and even at the library. Um, volunteers needed to do all that stuff, sound equipment, driving the truck, driving the trailer, all those things. So we'd be able to recoup and re, uh, re orient those resources to where uh, they, you know, they might be more passionate about serving in a different capacity. So we could save some of that time and some of that energy and re reallocate um, that into a place where, um, you know, we're pouring into the neighborhood or we're, um, you know, doing something with children's ministry, things like that. Um, yeah. And then again, I think really the neighborhood community is something that I've been excited about. Um, we, we started to get there with Mountain View when we were in Clark Middle School. We started to do outreach. I think we went door-to-door a couple times and did Christmas invites and maybe dropped off food for Thanksgiving, things like that. Um, this will be a chance to you know kind of see more permanence in a location. Yeah, and I think that, that was what came to mind, too, for me, because in Muldoon Road, it was like, oh, we want to—or I'm sorry, not in Muldoon Road, in Mountain View when we were at Clark Middle School. It was like, oh, we want to be a Mountain View church. Well, not a, not a whole lot of us really lived in Mountain View. There were a few families, but we wanted to be a good neighbor. We wanted to outreach well, but we we're just there in a school, and it's hard to have permanence. I mean, and and the pandemic was a great example. We just got a phone call from the school district one day that said, "Hey, you can't come back this Sunday, so figure it out." And um, there was no permanence there. So I'm excited to actually feel some permanence in any community, but I think the community of East Anchorage is cool too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. And and I used to live over on that side of town right there on East 16th and definitely know the area, know the area well. Um, and I think the last thing that I've really been praying on a bunch is just the, the timelines that God has been operating on. And so, um, He's just been faithful in this whole process, and in, even in just these last, I mean, we could go back all the way to 2013, but I think even in these last six months, um, since we were approached with this proposal in its infancy, 
it's just been amazing to walk through this um, and see how he has given us each step when we were ready for that step. And so this is obviously our next step and why we're doing this podcast in the first place is because now we are wanting to bring all of True North to the table, all the members, and say, okay, this is the way First Baptist, or excuse me, this is the way Muldoon Road Baptist voted, and now it's our turn to see where we're at, what's, what does our church desire, what does the congregation want to go. But yes, this, the timelines have been such a beautiful thing to see God's faithfulness through all that. So those have been my prayers. Great. Well, I wanted to take a moment and just talk about some things I'm excited about, because I am super excited about some opportunities that we have over there. The big one is location. I mean, just that we will be in a permanent location. Man, I think about the evolution that we saw even coming here to First Baptist of having a place throughout the week for things like a life group after church on Sundays. That's something we could never do at the middle school because we were renting by the hour and we had to be out of there. Or the youth. The youth has had awesome growth, and a lot of that has to do with our youth minister Josh, but also a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have a location to meet at each and every week, and they've got a home base for people to come. And so having that sort of permanence, even though uh, we are in somebody else's building, we're, we're renters here, it really does lend itself to a lot of ministry that was difficult otherwise. And I think that'll just even be turned up as we go over to a place that will be you know, a true location that truly uh, belongs to us. So I think space for life groups to me is a big one. Um, Some life groups go through phases where they don't want to have people in their house each and every week. That's been a struggle for my family is that we've been leading a life group for the better part of like seven years. And it's been a joy. We love to share our home. We love to have people in our home. But Man, there's seasons where it's like, I just can't, I can't do this right now. If you haven't been to a Johannes Life Group, um, you need to go and experience it at least one time. There's approximately 50 kids. Um, usually there's glow sticks handed out at the door, and it's quite, it's quite uh, an event. I remember uh, maybe it was five years ago when you guys were in our life group, Mike, there was 21 adults and 21 children that were all like six and under. <laughs> and uh, th- those poor babysitters, we had two babysitters that we would pay. And they, whatever they, whatever we paid them, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. <laughs> and you just open the room to that, the door to that playroom, and it just kind of smelled like feet and little kids. And the babysitters are listening. We're still praying for you. Yeah, we thank you for sorry. your for your service in the trenches. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have that now. But there are seasons, and you know, um, I, I think of the space that they have over there. Gosh, you could have a dedicated life group room, right? Or you could have a room that you, you could have couches and things dedicated for life groups to meet. There's a kitchen there for people to do meals. There'd be room for the kids. So there's just a lot of opportunities for things like that. Um, Also space for other ministries for a couple reasons. One is because it's cool to have the chance to have ministries located locally at your church. So I'm thinking like Beacon Hill or the Community Pregnancy Center, some of these things that we voted or, or that we we're going to vote on that we, we accepted recommendations from from the vision team, what if they had an office over there? And, and then the neat thing about being on Muldoon is I work on Muldoon, I live close to Muldoon, it can feel a bit isolated. And if you get to know the people that live around there, they kind of have this, oh, we're our own little thing. And sometimes people get disregarded, like someone from Jewel Lake sometimes looks down down their nose at somebody who lives in Muldoon, or at least it feels like it. Sure. To the Muldoon people, it feels like they look down their nose. And so the people that are over there, especially who struggle with transportation, yeah. 
Uh, imagine having a food bank or a clothing closet or a CPC office or a place for um, parents to meet with with their kids in foster care, a, a meeting room that Beacon Hill provides, something like that on the east side. There's just so many opportunities to serve those kind of ministries, and so that's got me excited too. So one thing that there has been some discussion of, but maybe you could help to tease it out a little bit more, we've heard about some other um, groups that sometimes use a part of the Muldoon facility, um, maybe on a Sunday afternoon or during the week or something like that. Could you you know, open that up a little bit more for us, Ian, and, and help yeah, us? So right now, there are three different churches that use that group aside from Muld- or that building aside from Muldoon Road Baptist Church. There is a church that uses the sanctuary. It was uh, they call it the chapel. They call it the chapel. It's the other side of the building and they use it on Sunday mornings as well, but it's really it, in all actuality there's separate buildings that are connected that were later built together. And then there's somebody that uses it on Sunday afternoons. They use the sanctuary and somebody that uses the uh, like a classroom or something for a smaller church. And so that that church is being utilized right now, but man, the space over there is extremely underutilized. There's a lot of space over there right now that is not being used um, that I feel like there's good opportunity for. Um, and then just thinking about the east side, you know, there's uh, a lot of people that live within a very short radius of the church, and a lot of those people don't have uh, an opportunity to go to a gospel-focused church, they um, and, and there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of homelessness, there's a lot of those types of things on the east side that we could really, I think, be a light in that community. And um, so I'm excited for the opportunity there as well. And, um, and then when I think about some of our longer-term goals, like planting a church or supporting church planters who want to come to Alaska but don't want to move to a location and plant right away and want to spend some time getting to know the culture of the state or of Anchorage or what it's what it's like to have it sunrise at 10 a.m. and go down at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a thing in itself, right? Having a place where those people could have offices or places to, to do job shadowing. I mean, there's just, there's space available, and I think it could be really serve those long-term resources as well. One thing that has has me, you know, it's a small thing, but something that I'm a little excited about is something as simple as, you know, a week ago or so when we were getting ready to uh, to have an event here at First Baptist, we were talking about plowing the parking lot and shoveling the sidewalks after we got, you know, 16 inches of snow overnight. And Something like that is it, when you own something and you're a, it's your permanent location, you start to develop that, you know, that connection with that place. And so plowing a parking lot and knowing how much it costs to contract somebody to do that and not having to wonder if it's a Saturday night snow like it was at Clark Middle School that we would have to have the cost for. So even something simple like that, but of course how that folds into planning out our budget as a church is kind of exciting because just like you own your home and you can plan out your budget for your home, your heating bills, your water bills, your trash, all those things, it's kind of the same thing when you have your own building. You can start to think through some of those things and just, like I said, develop a relationship with the physical space. Yeah, I think, and I think it's those are good opportunities for people to serve where they can feel like they're really contributing and doing something that's um, going to continue, that's going to be a legacy. And, and speaking of legacy, that building... And the people that have been serving there for a long time have a legacy in East Anchorage. They've uh, they've had a large membership at some to- at some points and times, and they that group will bring some experience and wisdom. You know, I think 
one of the things for me that's hard is I, I'm like the guy who's been around for a long time. There's a handful of us that have been around for 10 plus years and and I'm not that old, you know, I'm a young guy. And so I'm excited for some people who have been, really been around a long time, who've got more gray hair than me and who can um, really speak into some of those things. We, we have been, this, you know, you talk about answer to prayer, but we have been praying mm-hmm. for more for more old people, you know, with lack of a better word, we've been praying for people with wisdom and experience. You know, you look at our elder team, you look at uh, our deacons, the people who are on stage on Sunday, and it's the same age group. And I think that's great. It's exciting. We have there's so many advantages, and we could probably tell you all of them. But having some of those uh, more seasoned, more old people are is going to be helpful too. They bring a different perspective, and I think it's going to be awesome to have those folks around. So I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about all the opportunities to serve the church. I mean, over this transition, uh, say everything goes through, this transition is going to be lots of opportunities to serve. Just like things like you mentioned, like plowing a parking lot or cleaning something up or a remodel of a room, there's going to be lots of opportunities to serve. So, um, you know, that's what I think one of the things I'd say to our members is just be ready. Be ready that if you're going to vote that we take on this new opportunity and challenge, that you be ready to plug in, and when we ask for volunteers or you see a need, never think, oh, the church should do this. Think, I am the church. I should right. do this. Yep. How can I How can I help? How can I contribute? So that's where I challenge folks. I'm so excited about the opportunities to to serve the church and to serve the people of East Anchorage and and to continue to, to be doing the work we do uh, as a church, but I know it's gonna need, it's gonna take more work, and and I'm excited for our people to step up too. Yeah. So um, that's the stuff we're excited about, and there's there's a lot of things to be excited about. What are some of the challenges, Mike, uh, that you see as we go over to Muldoon? What do you think are some things we should be prepared for to be challenged by, or uh, road bumps we should be bracing for? Yeah, I think. This is really my heart in, in in doing a part of this discussion is trying to, like I said, anticipate some of those concerns, anticipate some of those challenges that our church membership has. One of the big ones that has been raised a few times in different circles is this is another big change for True North Church, right? So we already talked about the library over to Clark Middle School and then to First Baptist. So this would be yet another one. I'm so sick of the word transition. I hate <laughs> We have used that word, I think, for the past five years, we've used the word transition probably to describe every stage of of our church life, and we're probably going to use it if we vote yep. to merge with Muldoon Road, too, is that we'll be in an, uh, yet another transition. It, for sure. Yep. Ian will have to just embrace that word in his vocabulary, I think, for a little bit longer, uh, a couple more years. But... So yeah, that's a big, that's, that's you know, the, the physical moving, the transition from that. Then we've also transitioned, now I'm going to beat this word up because Ian doesn't like it, uh, from pastors, right? So we've, we've gone through a couple pastors over the last five years, and those are each big transitions. We learn a new preaching style, we learn a new personality, and those sort of things. And so now we've got Philip and Andy, and, and you know, it's amazing, and we have, you know, faithful leadership at the top. But, you know, this would be another big change to add into the mix. And so just not underestimating what that 
what that means and the impact that that can have on all of us, right? Uh, everybody's through the global pandemic. We're all kind of enduring this together, you know, from mask mandates to vaccines and now kid vaccines and all this stuff. And so all of these things have their own toll. And so I just want to be mindful of that. It's not necessarily a challenge in and of itself, but it is something that we'd absolutely need to be mindful of because change can be stressful. Change usually is stressful. And so just, just being aware of that. Um, I think probably some of the other ones, the other challenges that I'm anticipating is changes in a building will bring with it other changes too. So we've spent the last year plus now really working to form relationships with First Baptist Church. We've got another pastor. He's preached for us. Um, it's been great being able to kind of share this space. We've got a you know a common area that we can meet now for our meetings. We don't have to you know go and, and and rent out other churches on different parts of town, and people are confused and showing up at the wrong place for meetings and stuff. But now we'll have to potentially do that again if we vote in favor of the merger. We would have to you know, be prepared to have new relationships, new partnerships that we will build with not only the members of First Baptist, or excuse me, Muldoon Road Baptist, but also with the the relationships that will form in East Anchorage. Yeah, and you know, um, here at First Baptist, we're roommates, right? Like we're here, but we're not doing always the same thing. They've got their service, we've got our service, they do their things, we do our things. They have their side of the building for offices, we have our side of the building. So it's very much a roommate-type situation. Oh, if we do a church merger, that's a marriage. Like we, between you and me, we probably got uh, at least a couple decades. I'm about to be 11 years. Where are you guys at, 15? Something uh, like that? Marriage, yes, yeah. uh, 15, yeah. 15, so what, we got 26 years of marriage between the two of us in this room, and... Uh, just think about that first year of marriage and all the things you had to figure out. Like, why do, why do the forks, don't you put the forks down in the dishwasher so that they're closer to the jets? Or do you put them up because they're outside of the cage and that's how you get the food? Just stupid stuff like that. And we're going to run into some of that too when we when we marry our congregations. I mean, there's preferences that we have we don't even know about. There's preferences we have that we'll run into and go, oh, I don't, I don't like that at all. And we're going to have to be able to set some of that aside and really merge, um, merge two families together into one. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. Um, and so, kind of going off of that would be some of the concerns potentially over the building. You know, the physical space of the building. So, we already talked a little bit at the last uh, covenant member meeting on the on the seventh about things like fire suppression systems. So this is something that because of the age of the building that we're going to need to do in order to meet the the code in Anchorage here. And so how do we do that? How do we install that? What is the cost of something like that? And then on top of that, you know, everything else that you could think of, this is where Ian's mentioning as far as service and where we can volunteer, the, the, the places where we're going to need folks. We're going to have construction needs. We're probably going to have drywalling needs, painting needs. Philip and I have already talked about. Um, and so, yeah, we'll own a building. That'll be the first time in True North's history that we've owned a building. So think about it like your home and all the things that you have to take on when you own a home. Kind of the same thing, except extrapolate that out to 45,000 square feet. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. I've heard so, so many different numbers. It's a really big building. <laughs> it's a very big building with a lot of different spaces. So I think those will be some of the other challenges in terms of logistics and the facilities and things like that. And then I know you and I have touched on, you know, merging an older and a younger congregation, right? What will that look like? And how do we, how do we, foster those relationships. And I'm, I'm super excited as well about having some wisdom and some, um, some 
elder statesmen, some life experience breathed into True North's membership. I think that that's a beautiful thing. And again, that's another thing that we've been praying for for a long time in, in addition to a building is having some more mature members join into the congregation. So in so many ways, you know, these are challenges, but they're also blessings too. And I think it's just how we view them as a congregation will really help us to, you know, to, to go down this path further. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the last thing I'd want to add on, on the challenges that I'm very aware of and I'm, I'm, I'm praying about that we can keep this in mind is there's going to be so many opportunities to focus on what we're doing, right? What we want to do with the building, what we want to do with a remodel or add a fire suppression system. And I think that that can lead sometimes to an inward focus. If you've got a project, you know, a church has got a project that they want to work on, they want to make something better or stronger, um, and it can dull the outward focus that the church is supposed to have. And we just went through this vision and the vision, new church vision and the vision implementation team, and some of that was the, the implementation teams, and we want to have these outward foc- focuses. And I never, I never want our church to be so focused on repainting an office or remodeling a kid's room that we're not doing the service and the outreach stuff that we committed to do to shape our community, to show God's love to others, um, and so that, that's something I think is, we're, we're going to have to be conscious and, and aware of. Yeah, no, yeah, the inward focus, yeah, I think that that's, that's another beautiful thing. And then, yeah, you know, I, I think we'd be mistaken if we didn't bring up that it might look a little different being in downtown or being in Mountain View to what it's going to look like on Muldoon Road, right? It might look a little different. Our congregation body might be a little different. And I think just being aware of that and, and you know, Again, being informed and being intentional with our prayers and our voting, so that way we can all understand, hey, you know, I mean, whether it's driving time logistically for you from Eagle River or from South Anchorage or whatever, but also, you know, when we get over there, uh, what is our congregation? Who are we doing outreach with in our community? Um, where are we trying to put down, you know, our roots and, and sow fertile soil and, and healthy seeds and things like that? So I, I think that's another thing that's definitely worth at least bringing up to help people be thinking and praying about it. Yep. Okay, so as a leader in the church, Ian, what should members be preparing for and what should they be expecting if on December 2nd our vote goes through and we vote in favor of a merger with Muldoon Road Baptist Church? Okay, so here's the logistics. Okay. If the vote's confirmed, we'll be begin having two locations. We'll have True North and we'll have True North East. There's going to be two services just like they are now. There will be the service here at 915, They'll have their regular service at 11 o'clock. Might not feel that different because we're already providing preaching for them currently. We're Philip, if you don't see Philip after church, this is why. He gets off stage, he gets in his car, he drives over to the east side, and he gets on stage again and, and preaches for them. And so that, would, that will continue. However, we're going to call that True Northeast. And then for now, the plan is to send one or two life groups, some smaller groups to go begin to mingle our congregations together and have some of our people and some of their people go together. I, I don't think anyone would be prepared to go from 25 to <laughs> our 60 kids and 140 adults mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, they might turn us away if we all showed up uh, on a Sunday morning at 11. So a, a smaller group, maybe less a, a group of people where there's not as many kids. You know, if you and I, if you and I showed up, there'd be what? Seven kids, ten and under. So uh, maybe maybe people with a little bit less kids, and use that time 
to get to know one another, to work on a lot of that back-end logistics that needs to happen. And then in the summer, take one month off of services over on to Northeast and come together for some time, then do four weeks of summer uh, of church in the park like we did last summer. We're going to do it four weeks this summer. And for that eight-week period, we will be able to do some remodels and do some necessary repairs. And then the plan is for August, all of us to come together as one church in one building at one service time. That's a tentative plan. There is a lot of moving parts. We might realize the halfway through that some of that is really dumb, but that at this point, that's our tentative uh, timeline for what we'd like to do. That's what we've laid out with the folks who voted over there, but none of that is set in stone. So if that happens, if it goes through, if we if we decide to vote, and if we vote yes, and we begin that process, first of all, we need our people to be ready to serve. We're going to have two services rather than one. So mm -hmm. two times as many music volunteers, two times as many people doing slides, two times as many people doing sa sound. There's going to have to be more people doing setup and teardown here because uh, we'll be have let more members over at True Northeast. So we're really going to go into having two campuses for a period of time that requires some extra volunteers. So please, please just be ready to serve. You know, I think the the biggest place I'd push us push people right now if you're going, okay, what do what do I do next? Reach out to Tyler Wolf, tell him you're willing to do slides, you're willing to do sound, and you're willing to do setup and teardown. You don't have to know anything about those things, but we need people to do those things both here and at Muldoon Road. One of the things that I've actually heard is just a very small, but I think a very important piece of feedback is that the folks at Muldoon Road are really excited about improving the audio. As strange as that might sound, they they really are seeking to um, you know embrace uh, just an improved sound system and things like that. And so you know, with Tyler's experience and some of our other resources that we have here at True North, that could be a blessing that we can afford those people right out of the gates, and that's yep. awesome. Yep. Yep. And then some of us are going to have to go start going meeting over there. And I, as of right now, we don't have a plan of who we're going to send or who we're going to ask to send. Um, but you should all pray and, and see if that was, if that's you. If you should start, or if your life group, if you're a life group leader, maybe your life group should start meeting over there. Now there's some logistics to work out, and we can't all go, and we can't all stay. But I would be praying about that too. If it's right for your family to start doing your Sunday worship at Muldoon Road at 11 o'clock rather than being here at 9.15. Um, the, the, big, the biggest one, the biggest thing I'm, I'm uh, asking of our people, and I'm asking it with faith that they're going to do well. I think about the stuff we've been through as a church through the pandemic and like mask requirements and should we meet or should we be on Zoom and sort of all that stuff that we've had to do. I've been so proud of our church that we have uh, really stuck it out. We've been um, unified. We, we've done a lot of things to do with church uni un unity, and people have really set their own preferences aside on a lot of things. I, I'm sure that we will continue to do that. So I say this with a lot of faith in our people, but just be ready to be humble enough to set your personal mm -hmm. Uh, opinions or preferences aside. There's nothing wrong with having preferences, but man, there's going to be something, you, you know, you might not like the pews, or you might like the pews and we do chairs, or you might think the kids' classrooms are too big or too small, or you wish that we did X, Y, or Z, and um, be ready to serve, and just please 
pray through those things. Before you say, this should be this way, pray through it um, and and really be willing to set your preferences aside. It may, I hope it doesn't come as a surprise to people, but even as, as elders, there's some preferences uh, within our elder team that um, we talk about all the time that are that are wildly different from what our church does, but that's part of being a church body. And so that's my big ask for people. I think if we all do that, if we're all humble enough to set our preferences aside and are willing to serve, man, it's going to go a heck of a lot smoother if, if we do that. Um, I'd also just pray for the people who live in Muldoon. Mm-hmm. Like be thinking about, there's a big trailer park right across the street from Muldoon Road Baptist Church. That's not an accident. God intentionally has a church and a trailer park across from each other. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what that means for your family. I don't I don't what that means for your prayer life, but be praying for those people that live there. Be praying for opportunities to uh, love on the people that live close to the church and more importantly to share the love of Jesus with them. Right. And and so I think that that's something that we can be preparing for right now. I, I brought this quote in cuz I want to I want to read uh, from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, and this is describing um, Jesus. This is what he says to his disciples. It says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Church without a pastor. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest. Jesus is looking at these people, sheep without a pastor, and he's not putting together a 10-point plan for reaching them. He's not putting together a big organization. He's saying, pray, pray to God, the Lord of the harvest. And that is the same God that is guiding us, hopefully guiding us today, that we are praying to today, saying, God of the harvest, look, the harvest is plenty, the laborers are few, send us laborers, be those laborers, and really look to Jesus when when looking at an underserved community. Uh, I thought those words just really rung true. Yeah, no, I think it's it's beautiful, and that's the perfect scripture that fits into this, because we might not have the biggest church body in Anchorage. We don't have the biggest church body in Anchorage. And we all recognize that the need is great here in our city, on Muldoon Road, wherever you are, the need is great. And so we are going to need, just like we always say every Sunday, and it sits on the banner behind us, it's all about Jesus. We're going to need him to guide us through this and to be ever present in this, because otherwise, you know, we're, we can use our willpower, we can use our Alaska, you know, uh, fortitude and, and try to get through things and, and construct new fire suppression systems. But ultimately, if it's not his will and we're not seeking that and following that, then, you know, it will be a, 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 a you know, an impossible task ahead of us. Yeah, and I, I just would, before we move on to the sort of closing bit here, I, I would also add Pray, pray for your elders. I mean, there are decisions that we are making. I hope that you see humility from us. I hope that you see that we are that that we want to make the right decisions. That we're willing to to change our mind if we're presented with new evidence. That we want to do what is God honoring and right. We're not trying to build our own little kingdom uh, throughout all this process. But man, just pray for us. There's a lot of decisions that some of them just feel inconsequential, and then some of them feel really big, and all of them have opportunities to mess up, and uh, you know we're earnest, earnestly praying that 
God would guide us through all this, but we could use your prayers as well and your support. So, Mike, uh, we're going to have this meeting next week. Give me in a few sentences why you would plan to vote yes to merge with Muldoon Road Baptist Church next week. Well, and I wanted to just jump in real quick on your elder comment, because that was one other thought that I wanted to share with our church body, is that, you know, walking through some of this process as a church member, or even if you are just listening on this podcast and you've been to True North a couple times but are not a covenant member, there's obviously a lot that has unfolded behind the scenes. And I just want to speak into how much time and thought and effort has gone into being prayerful from the elders um, in this process, from Ian and Scott and Philip, how gentle um, they've been. Philip, like Ian mentioned, has been willing to go every Sunday and, you know, preach his whole sermon again. I mean, that's another two hours out of his day driving back and forth across town. Oftentimes, he then has to come back over here for another elder meeting. So, just when this offer came up, um, I think it was a posture of reverence and humility that they all took on and have continued to demonstrate. And so uh, I just think we absolutely need to be praying for them and remembering that we are elder-led but congregationally ruled. And so, you know, they are men and following Christ as best they can, and they have their families that they want to um, you know, to, to see what's next for the body of True North and where we go and if this merger goes through. But at the same time, our congregation is, you guys out there are the ones who are the church members. You are the body of, of believers that keep True North, you know, make it what it is. And only together do we serve Christ. So that's why, obviously, this goes to a vote. And that's, I, I think it's a beautiful thing that it goes to a vote because it is congregationally congregationally led. So I think for me, in terms of what I'm praying for and, and kind of what I what I envision um, for you know Karen and my wife and myself as far as our vote, I mean I, I I really see this as an answer to prayer more than anything else. I feel like we have been intentional on our knees as a church body for six, seven, eight years, somewhere in that time frame for this, and I really just am am excited more than anything else for the potential. It is scary, right? There are big things that are out there. There are unknowns that will come forward. There are things that we're sitting here talking about today that we can't possibly anticipate, you know, in six to 12 months or whatever it might be. And so, yes, those things are all there, but, you know, Jesus didn't call us to be to be standing, you know, in behind and, and waiting for this opportunity, or maybe a different way to say it is to be to be waiting always and not ready to act. If if an opportunity presents itself, you have to be willing to take a risk. You have to be willing to get on the battlefield. You have to be open to where he calls you. Um, and so, you know, that's that's kind of my where I've landed in all of my prayer over the past few months is that I, I'm excited for this. And I really think the opportunity is is so great that there are challenges that come with it, but God is with our church and is guiding us. And the church body has grown stronger and more unified over the past few years than I've really ever seen it in the in the entire history of True North. And so with those resources intact, those people intact, I'm excited for it. I think the other thing that comes for me is that I want to make sure that you folks that are out there listening, the congregation of True North, 
that you guys know that we want to give you this information as best as possible, but we also want to make sure the time is right to vote, right? So if we get to December 2nd and there's a great conversation and great discussion and some concerns that are raised and we're just not ready, that there is space to bring that up and to maybe, you know, table the vote until a later date and time. And so I just want to make sure that that's clear to to the listeners is that, you know, we want to have space for God to be able to lead your hearts, you know, as much as as much as you feel that the need is out there to lead, to be led. Um, so yeah, those are kind of some of the ways that I'm thinking about the vote on December 2nd. Yep. Uh, I'll be honest, when this, I'm like the pragmatist of the group. I'm always like, okay, here's the 17 steps we have to take in order to accomplish this. And, uh, and so when this whole thing started behind the scenes, my first reaction was like, here we go again, you know, I know, you know, there's going to be some work and there's probably going to have to disappoint somebody throughout this whole process. And, you know, uh, you know, I've just been through some transition uh, to use that word again. And so um, I've been praying, you know, for my own attitude through some of this, but I am very excited. I hope you heard my passion earlier when I, I am very excited about the possibility. If we choose to vote on this upcoming meeting, I do plan to vote yes. I think that we are the right church for that part of town. I think the building is the right building, and I, there's there's no possible way, unless somebody wins the lottery or, or dies with a lot of money, that we could have anything close to that size of building. I think that there is legacy going up from existing Muldoon Road that I'd like to keep going in the east side. So I just think there's so many good things that uh, this opportunity isn't one we should pass up as a church, and I'm really confident that we can overcome whatever hurdles. I feel like we got the good people and the teams in place, too. Yep. However, if the church doesn't feel ready this week to actually vote, then yeah, I'm comfortable tabling that discussion as well. I'd have a hard time voting against it at this point. I think it's just going to be a really good thing for our church, but uh, but that's assuming that we do vote and we may vote to table it, and that may be healthy. You know, rushing into things um, is is never good if you don't feel ready. I suspect after seeing the building, after hearing uh, the discussion and the plans that have been laid and the opportunities ahead, I feel like we're going to all be full steam ahead. I think it's going to be a great thing, but. I've been wrong before. So so our ask of you, listeners, would be that you not only are praying about all this, which hopefully you have been and continue to do, but also that you're thinking through these things and you're coming to the December 2nd meeting you know, with an open mind, but also with good questions. We want to hear your discussion points. We want to hear the concerns. We want to tackle those and wrestle with those as a church body in that discussion. Um, and so we're trying to leave as much space. And obviously, meeting over there will give us a chance to lay eyes on and hands on the physical space. So we're leaving leaving time to have that discussion. And hopefully, everyone will feel um, informed and encouraged and supported in whatever, you know, what, the, the smallest question or the biggest concern from our church body, we want to hear all of it and work through it all as a congregation. Because again, as we, if we take this step, it'll be all of us that are, you know, net needed in order to make it, to make it as clean and as, you know, as positive as an outcome as possible. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there's another vote that I plan to vote yes on, um, because you are listening currently to elder candidate Mike Ottenweller. I hope that you hear his passion for what we're doing, his desire to serve the church well, 
and just his ability to be a relational guy that cares about the church and cares about all of you. So if uh, I just am really excited about you coming on board, Mike, and so that's a full endorsement for me. Uh, That's another yes vote that I'll be voting for uh, this upcoming meeting. So hopefully next time we do a podcast together, it'll be a couple of elders doing the podcast together. I'm excited for that. Amen. I appreciate that. Yes, it's been an amazing journey thus far. So just as a reminder, the meeting will be at Muldoon Road Baptist Church, which is 382 Muldoon Road. It'll be at 6 p.m. You'll have an opportunity to tour the facility and hear from uh, the elders on what we have planned for the building and what we're excited about, and you'll get a chance to discuss and hopefully vote on the process. So that's going to be this Thursday, December 2nd at 6 p.m. Thanks so much for listening. I hope to see you there.